Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Canada is getting its first battery cell manufacturing plant in Windsor, Ontario. It's an anchor for the country's auto sector as it pivots to electric vehicles. And it's supposed to be enormous, like the size of 112 hockey rinks. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called into an event announcing this. Ontario Premier Doug Ford flew to Windsor. This was a long time coming, and the mood in Windsor was exuberant. <laughs> Finally? <laughs> well, <you> know. <laughs> it's a great day. Yeah. That was Victor Fideli, Ontario's Minister of Economic Development. He was also at this event. He was excited, as you could hear. I spoke to him. I'm Gabe Friedman, and you're listening to Down to Business. This week, the episode delves into Canada's auto sector and electric vehicles and the battery supply chain. LG Energy Solutions, a South Korean battery maker, formed a joint venture with Stellantis, the European automaker behind Jeep, Fiat Chrysler, other brands, and they're building this battery plant together in Windsor. Now, as I said, people were exuberant about this announcement, but there were also signs that this was a long time coming, that it had been a tough road to get here. And that's the focus of this episode. As always, the interviews are edited for clarity and brevity. First, I spoke to Francois-Philippe Champagne. He's the Federal Minister of Industry, Science, and Innovation. And I knew that he had flown to Paris, to other parts of the world, to Washington, D.C., trying to get a company, an automaker or a battery maker, to build a cell manufacturing plant in Canada. Here's his take. This is a home run for Canada because we have wanted our gigafactory. You're talking about a $5 billion investment. And you're talking about manufacturing right here in Windsor in Canada, hundreds of thousands of batteries. Uh, you're talking about the creation of 2,500 new jobs. But more importantly, I think, is that you're anchoring, you're cementing the place of Canada uh, within the global supply chain in North America for the vehicle of the future. This is about seizing the moment, being ambitious, and, and making sure we take strategic action with a long-term vision, because what we've accomplished today is going to secure the jobs not only now, but for decades to come. Uh, you don't see gigafactories very often. And electric vehicles are coming out fast. In Canada, by 2035, all new vehicles have to be zero emission. The auto industry, by the way, is huge. It's the country's second biggest export. Hundreds of thousands of jobs are tied to it in Canada. And it's reinventing itself from making cars with engines that burn things to EVs, which don't have engines. They have motors and batteries. And automakers have very little experience, for the most part, making these. So this is a huge transformation, almost on an unprecedented scale. Windsor's mayor, Drew Dilkins, told me that the speed of this transition has been a little headspinning for his community, where the entire economy revolves around the auto sector. You know, back in 2018, you had less than 2% of the vehicles on the road were electric vehicles. And, and since 2018, you have seen rapid acceleration, battery factories in Tennessee and Kentucky with Ford. Michigan is, is getting a battery plant. This sort of evolution or revolution is happening, and it's happening very, very quickly. All of the manufacturers were starting to talk about it. We're putting billions of dollars in R&D and investment uh, to, to make the shift, to try and 
basically make all of their fleets, all of their car offerings uh, electric. One kind of crazy thing I learned is that Stellantis, it doesn't currently make any battery electric vehicles. It makes some plug-in hybrids, but by 2030, it wants more than half of its North American production to be highly electrified vehicles. That means battery electric or plug-in hybrids. Plug-in hybrids are a sort of transitional technology that have both a battery and a combustion engine. I tried to imagine like a donut store telling its customers, look, we're going to switch to bagels by the end of the week, but just come on, stay with us. That's not exactly how Mark Stewart, Stellantis's chief operating officer in North America, described it to me. But he said the company has to make sure that people want to drive these new battery electric vehicles. We need to make sure that the loyal customers we have today are going to come along this journey with us, right? And 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 be excited about it. So it is absolutely a game changer. And I think it is right to compare it to the horse and buggy days, to the, to the auto days, right? Of the, oh, wait, do I want to give up my horse and buggy? This change is coming after some hard years for Canada's auto sector. The pandemic in particular has been brutal for many auto workers, particularly in Windsor. Here's what the city's mayor, Dilkin, said. You know, of course, the pandemic, I think, caused anxiety for, for everybody uh, in one way or the other, whether it was a mom trying to figure out how to do work from home and, and help her six-year-old learn reading online to auto workers who were sent home and then brought back. And then there's chip shortages and supply chain challenges. And, you know, they're not sure from one week to the other whether the parts will be there for them to continue working. And they, too, have mortgages to pay. Uh, and so it has created a high degree of anxiety. And the pandemic came after years of tiny cuts. We saw even in 2018, where we had the third shift in operation at Windsor Assembly Plant, a shift that had been in operation for the better part of, you know, two decades. All of a sudden, the announcement was, we're losing the third shift. And then the pandemic happened, and all of a sudden, there's a chip shortage, and there's an announcement that this year, the second shift will disappear until the the chip shortage rectifies itself. Uh, And so that creates a huge amount of anxiety because you're talking about, you know, at any given time, 15 to 1800 people on a shift who will no longer be going to work. And then if we talk about spinoff, if it's seven to one spinoff for every job in the plant, you can figure out very quickly that, you know, there's, there's the better part of 12 to 13,000 people who rely on those jobs in the plant for their own livelihood. And so the impact is felt uh, and it is noticeable. So even before the pandemic, you had the slow exodus of auto jobs out of places like Windsor. 2018 was a pivotal year. That's when GM closed a century-old plant, not in Windsor, but in Oshawa, Ontario. That plant once employed 25,000 people, but it had been shrinking and shrinking until bang, it was gone. And Dilkins told me after that happened, he had to throw out a speech he was writing because it didn't make sense anymore. Started writing the typical rah-rah speech about, you know, we're great, we're going to work together, you know, and one that I, I always say any mayor in any community or probably there around the world could deliver the same speech if they just changed the name of the city. Uh-huh. Uh, and then what happened in the, in the time period as I was writing that, GM announced the closure in Oshawa. And I said, I cannot in good conscience deliver this speech to my community today because, you know, if we received that news in Windsor, what would we do and what would it look like? So I made a speech that was somewhat sobering to the community and it charted us down a path it's called the lift strategy f being you know future economy Mm. Uh, and so when we looked at that and we looked at the recommendations that came from that one of them is we should be looking forward and and the new space in the automotive world will be battery technology we all saw that happening and the question was how do we play a role in that 
how do we cement our position as the automotive capital of Canada and make sure that we retain that title that is so important to the community? So people in Windsor saw that EVs were the future, that automakers were announcing battery plants all over the U.S., in Ohio, even right across the border in Michigan. Keep in mind, Windsor is right across the border from Detroit, the locus of the U.S. auto sector. Yeah, as I look out my window at City Hall uh, right now, the Detroit River is there. It's about a mile long, so a kilometer and a half. And, you know, our friends in Detroit are on the other side. And we consider Detroit to be Windsor's backyard. But that that's actually the truth, which made, you know, the border closure uh, even more hard and difficult for people who live here because we're just so used and so integrated with the with the Detroit side with families and shopping and events. But we're also really built up on the auto side. All of the supply chains on both sides of the border are so tightly integrated. It is often said that, you know, vehicles that roll off the assembly line when they're finally finished, parts that went into the manufacture of those vehicles have crossed the border on average six times back and forth for rework and upgrades. And, you know, that that's just the way the system is integrated. And so even when you see uh, that, that short hiccup that we had with the border closure for a week because of the blockade, you know, within 60 minutes, Stellantis called and said, what's going on at the bridge? Because of just-in-time delivery, the impact is felt instantly, uh, and it's material because of the volume of goods that cross every day. Now we're going to pause a minute for a short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So since 2018, people like Dilkins are wooing Stellantis to open a battery plant in Windsor and things keep going wrong. The pandemic makes border crossing harder. Then you have a chip shortage. The trucker convoy blocks the border. I even read a Windsor Star article last November that someone had set off a homemade bomb in a Stellantis assembly plant in Windsor. No one was hurt, luckily. Yeah, you know, that is... As far as I understand, that was related to uh, someone who uh, didn't want to get vaccinated. And so it seemed as it, as I understand, a bit of a protest to the company's policy that required employees to be vaccinated. But listen, I, I, there's no <laughs> there's no downplaying the fact that a bomb went off uh, at our largest employer. Uh, and, you know, that was certainly a very unique incident and certainly, you know, sent a chill through a lot of the people who work there. But it was certainly an anomaly that was addressed very quickly and the suspect was arrested. And all this is happening during an extremely limited window of time that automakers and battery companies are deciding where they want to invest to build their operations. Meanwhile, Quebec is on the ball. It's got cheap, abundant, clean hydroelectricity. And that's key because making batteries is highly energy intensive. Earlier this month, both GM and BASF separately announced they'd picked Quebec, not Ontario, to build $500 million battery cathode plants. The cathode is where the positive charge flows out of a battery, and it's a valuable component within a battery. And yet, even beyond interprovincial competition, there's the U.S. Our auto sectors have been integrated for decades, but right now, every auto manufacturer is wiping the deck clean, trying to figure out how to restart their operations to build EVs. And U.S. President Biden, kind of like his predecessor, 
He's been talking about a lot of incentives to increase auto production in the U.S. His policies of buy American seem to kind of exclude Canada. Here's Ontario's Minister of Economic Development, Vic Fideli, talking about this. So, you know, there's 9 million Americans who wake up every morning just to go to a job to make something to ship to Canada. So, you know, we really are integrated. I tell them in Ohio, 300,000 men and women in Ohio wake up every morning just to make products to ship here. So, you know, that's how integrated we are. And, And I think our job over the coming months will be to be in the U.S. reminding their lawmakers and their citizens that when it comes to their philosophy, it should be by North America, because that's really what they mean. And once we explain it, they, they acknowledge that. Other people told me that straight up North America was slow on the EV transition. China, you know, got started on this industry leagues ahead of other regions of the world. That's Joanna Curiazes, Senior Policy Advisor at Clean Energy Canada, a think tank at Simon Fraser University. They're responsible for about half of the world's EV sales. And, you know, China's home to the vast majority of battery manufacturing capacity, as well as a lot of the cathode and anode production. So those are battery, you know, key battery parts and metal and mineral refining capacity. So China had this huge head start, but then the EU, you know, five years ago, really woke up and, and realized, okay, this is the future. Uh, and, and now it's North America's time to shine. And over the last year, it's just been incredible to see the number of announcements and level of investment that's being poured into North America. And until now, Canada kept missing out. Uh, but the last couple of weeks have been really exciting. Sounds like things are turning around. And I, I expect these recent announcements and today's announcement in particular to catalyze even more development of our battery industry and supply chain. Most of this EV demand and supply chain is still in Asia, but people like Joanna are hoping that by building out a battery and EV supply chain in North America, we can get away from the geopolitics of oil. We all know gas prices are high now, that's in part because of what's happening in Ukraine, and Russia's oil supply came off the market. But it wasn't that long ago at the start of the pandemic that oil prices were at rock bottom and you could fill up your car for pretty cheaply. All this just illustrates the risk around the switch to EVs and how it will affect consumers' pocketbooks. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because when I'm when I'm trying to, you know, convince my dad to go out and get an electric vehicle, his response to me is, well, you know, electricity prices might be lower now and I might save money now, but of course they're just going to go up over time and then we'll be in the same situation as we are with gas prices. But the, the oil sector and the electricity sector are not the same, right? Oil prices are set by the global market, by geopolitical dynamics, by what Russia and Saudi Arabia decide to do, right? Electricity prices and infrastructure are set by provincial electric utilities, provincial regulators based on provincial consumer needs and infrastructure needs, right? And so it's just there's a lot more control around that sector and the prices associated with that sector. Uh, There's a lot more tailoring to local needs and it's just a lot less volatile. So this battery plant affects geopolitics, it affects our relationship with the U.S., it affects Ontario's auto sector. For all these reasons, it was key for the federal liberals 
who, by the way, have been spending billions of dollars trying to decarbonize industries like aluminum, steel, cement. Ontario Premier Doug Ford said his province and the federal government are going to chip in hundreds of millions of dollars to help build the Windsor Battery Plant. No one has revealed the exact details of this yet. But one thing to keep in mind is that EVs have fewer parts, and that means fewer jobs. And many experts told me unequivocally that Canada needs to see cell manufacturing plants built here if it's going to keep auto sector jobs in the future. Uh, For me, this was one critical element in the supply chain we were missing. This is our first large-scale battery plant in Canada. So in terms of the strategic importance of that, I would say it's very complementary to the assembly plants that we have in Canada. But if you want to position yourself for the car of the future, you know that the battery is going to be the engine of tomorrow. So lending one of them like that is opening the door for more. One last thing. If you ever wonder what your federal government has been doing, I heard many times that our federal industry minister, Francois-Philippe Champagne, spent many hours over many weekends and many months working on this deal. People in Ontario, like Vic Fideli, they did a lot of work on this too. There were many people in the government who were trying to woo Stellantis and get them to buy here. According to Champagne, even Prime Minister Trudeau was involved. Well, you know, not everyone wakes up in the morning thinking about Canada. I do. Uh, These big companies can go anywhere they want. We're competing with many jurisdictions. I've been texting Mark Stewart for a long time, calling him on the weekends to make sure that we would put our best foot forward. Uh, I met with Carlos Tavares on a number of times, which is the global CEO of Stellantis. Uh, The prime minister of Canada talked to him as well. Uh, You know, this is a team effort. You you know, we need to put our best foot forward. And I would say our colleagues from the government of Ontario have been with us as well. When you're competing, this is uh, the big league. Uh, So we needed to put our best foot forward. And I'm one of those who believe that you win these investments with fundamentals like the talent pool we have, the fact that Canada can offer stability, predictability. Uh, But you also win these investments by really being in the face uh, of those big uh, companies who have a choice uh, to invest, particularly LG. Uh, This is also very interesting because I think this is their first investment in Canada, at least of scale. So uh, with that, then you can look beyond that. And I was already, you know me, uh, already this morning I was talking to them about what more could we do uh, with the LG group in Canada. So uh, this is how you do that. And you would expect, uh, I'm not going to stop there. I'm already talking to other potential manufacturers. And I think having one anchor investment like that is bringing a lot of credibility at a time where people were wondering, will Canada be able to uh, play a role in the uh, car of the future? And the answer today is definitely yes. So that's it. That's our show. A big thank you to all my guests who appeared on this. Ontario's Economic Development Minister, Victor Fideli, Federal Industry Minister, Francois-Philippe Champagne, Stellantis Chief Operating Officer in North America, Mark Stewart, Joanna Kiriazes, she's a Senior Policy Advisor at Clean Energy Canada, and Drew Dilkins, Mayor of the City of Windsor. Thanks to Bryce Hall, who composed and performed the original music you heard on the show and produces Down to Business. Thanks to Pamela Heaven, Victoria Wells, and Noella Ovid for their web support and editing of Down to Business. I'm Gabe Friedman, and I'll be back next week. But until then, you can get all your business news at financialpost.com.